please join with me, brothers and sisters, in extending a warm Washington, D.C. vibration. Tone. Broadway all day, coming through your doorway, giving you the raw from Northwest to Norway. Penetrate minds, baby, this is foreplay. Giving out jewels and gems to get a saw pain. Run the shop with hot takes and ball phase. Jameson shots to shape them up and get your shit straight. We can talk tech, politics, sports, soulmate. I ain't here to talk about your homeboy mixtape. We just try to get great. Keep it up, no breaks. Where I'm from, whole weight, D.C., no state. Shout out to everybody showing love it anyway. Turn it up and tune it in. Thanks for listening to Black Broadway. Uh, Black Broadway. Uh, yeah, do this all day. Yeah, we do this all day. Hey, once again, Black Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are yeah. back, y'all. Another week, another episode, Black Broadway Podcast, man. Super excited to be here. Super excited to kick this thing off, man. I'm missing the gang, but you know we're going to get it together, man. It's just one of those weeks right now. We got to keep the thing flowing. It's been a crazy-ass week in the news. It's been a crazy-ass week. On primetime, Sunday night television. It's just been nuts, man. And we're going to talk about it all on this week's episode of Black Broadway Podcast, man. It's been great, yo. Before I even get started, you know I got to do what I do every episode. And I got to thank sincerely all my listeners, anybody that's ever liked the post on Instagram, everybody that's downloaded, that's reposted, that's done anything to support Black Broadway in any way, shape, or form or fashion, man. We appreciate y'all greatly, yo. And we really got to call y'all to action right now because we know we got this community. We got these peoples out here that's rocking with us and we greatly appreciate it. So we want to be in touch with y'all, man. I sent out a really dope email blast this week, just really putting on everybody to the direction and the mission of Black Broadway and what we really stand for and showing you how to get linked up, man. If you haven't signed our email list yet, go to blackbroadway.com and just click sign up and you can get on our email list. You can get in touch with us. We can get in touch with you. You'll hear about our latest events and promotions and our latest episodes, just all the information you ever needed on Black Broadway and Black Broadway Podcast, yo, for real. It's just about content, and we got something to say. We got shit to talk about, so we about to get it popping just like that. Like I said, it's all about Sunday Night TV this week, yo. It's ridiculous. I got caught up with Power in its entirety today. Did it not go down, babe? Oh, my God. Power in its entirety. It was very, very lit. So I have a lot of positive things to say about Power you already know I'm Thrones guy to the death, so we definitely going to get into that Game of Thrones. And Insecure, once again, has the streets on fire, yo. And we got to talk about it. It's really savage out there, boy. Whew, that's where the hot takes come in. So we're going to get into it just like that, man. Before I even start into that, though, you know, before we get into all of the juiciness, you know, we got to take our time and really talk about the typical Black Broadway information exchange that we try to get y'all off to man last week's episode was hilarious again thank all y'all for tuning in and all of my new listeners and new followers that got hip just on that last episode that was crazy yo i mean what the fuck was it all the jokes wrote themselves yo r kelly out here kidnapping joyce usher letting it burn and man they about to burn usher up 
They're about to kill that boy pockets. Ten million in things? I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know how we could get hit for ten million for a STI, but uh, apparently it's happening to the boy, man. So we gonna see, man. This guy Asher Raven is in for it, yo. But that shit was a hilarious episode, man. I was very glad that we all got to sit down and do that, and man, really set it off and like have a really special time, you know, just with the gang. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm taking it back to basic. It's just Black Broadway. It's just me getting it in on here. One time for one times. You know what I'm saying? But yo, that shit was hilarious. That was a great action um, episode, should I say. And then like as far as last week's events, man, yo, I was I was lucky enough to make it into the K-Dot Travis Scott damn tour, man. It was awesome, yo. Even though Travis Scott was a whole no-show out there. I was a little tight about that. I'm not going to front. I came to see Travis, dog. I needed, like I said, Travis is the soundtrack to all of my foolishness. So it was like, yo, Travis Scott, you needed to be there so I could really, really turn it up. But Kendrick gave a phenomenal show, man. I mean, like, literally like five, two, three songs into Kendrick's set. You was just like, what? Travis who? You ain't even care no more. Like this man was literally mesmerizing, man. He had that, he had that shit packed to the rafters. I'm talking about it was no empty seats in the house. That thing was fully sold out. Everybody was engaged. People was jumping around. Motherfuckers putting their light up in the air and the phone. And I mean, the dude did like his whole catalog, man. He went, he did joints from every project. He did all types of songs, like joints that you wouldn't even expect him to really come out there and hit. He came out there and did those motherfuckers. And I was just, I was blown away personally, man. Big shout out to my man Rodell, man. Had us up there in the suites, man. Getting it, getting it rolling, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody I ran into down there too, man. We was all tight. Because we was like, where the fuck is Travis Scott at? But then the day it worked out. It turned out to be a great event. Everybody had a great time, man. I'm hoping that some of my listeners got out there. We had a lot to hear from y'all, man. Let me see y'all concert footage and all of that because I know it was crazy, yo. Everybody was in there and it was really, really popping, man. That was like last week's kind of like action for real. After that, man, I was done, yo. I couldn't go out really on Saturday, Sunday. I was chilling, man. I wasn't fucking around. It was important to me to make it to that show and it happened. I was glad, yo. I was good. I was satisfied with the weekend, man. But we got a lot of dope events for you this weekend, too. There's so much stuff coming up, man. I got to even touch on that before we get into our events and so on. I mean, our current events and so on and so forth. Man, this week at Songbird, which is right on 18th Street in Adams Morgan, they're having the DC House Spectacle. It's like a go-go and dance music. Not even dance music, but just like trap, EDM, all of that blended into one at one venue, Soundbird, which is really becoming known for having like a great selection of shows and like eclectic kind of artists and so on and so forth. Just all types of different, you know, music. You can really catch at Songbird. That's going to be on the 27th, which I believe is Friday, 27th at 9 p.m. And that's 10 bucks to get in. Trust me, it's worth it. My man, Mr. Selector is spinning. Uh, I forget who else is on the deck, man, but a uh, homie from Northeast Groovers is rapping down the joint. Yo, it's, it's definitely something worth checking out. So I would slide past that if I was you. That's on Saturday, I mean, pardon me, Friday the 27th. Grits and Biscuits is back in the DMV, yo. That's going to be crazy. If you ever been to a Grits and Biscuit party, 
like anywhere all across the country, them shits go down. Like absolutely go off. And it's like Grits and Biscuits is like an homage to um, you know, that that southern invasion, that southern crump music that really took us over in like the late nineties, early two thousands. You know what I'm saying? We're talking Ludacris, Jeezy, fucking outcast and you know franchise boys and all of that crazy shit that was really really popping off not to mention all the artists that's killing it today from 21 savage the you know future and all of that the whole it's really a down south thing it's you know from texas all the way to virginia so it's like a a southern big ass party it's like summer jam but for the south it's crazy that's gonna be at the fillmore on the 28th which is that's friday and the 29th is Saturday, and it's going to be two days, which is rare. Like, they don't usually have two Grits and Biscuits party, but I guess, you know, popular demand. And that's going to be at the Fillmore, and that's going to definitely be packed out to the rafters. I think tickets, yeah, tickets are $20. You can go on Fillmore.com, check that out. That's definitely something you want to be in the building for. I don't know if I, I still got it in me. I'm a little old now, but. I think I might have to get out there and really move and groove with motherfuckers on this Chris and Biscuits joint. Like, I was definitely there, what, like maybe a year ago, two years ago at the 930. And it's just interesting to see how it's grown and they had it in New York recently. Man, it's, it's popping. Get into that. Chris and Biscuits, y'all. For real. Uh, Toasted Life. And that's a collective. I think, I'm not sure where they're out of, but they have parties all over the country from Chicago to Brooklyn, Atlanta. And it's called the Toasted Life. And they're having their D.C. launch event at one of the places I love to get toasted at, Marvin's. And that's going to be on Saturday from 2 to 8. So that's like, you know, in a, in a popular time slot at an awesome-ass spot. Always show love to Marvin's, 14th and U, 2007, 14th Street. Holler at them, man. They take great care of you all. The bartenders there is great. The music's going to be great. It's going to be popping, yo. And Toasted Life, they bringing something like a, a different lifestyle brand to the DMV. So, you know, if you in D.C., if you uptown, if you on 14th Street on Saturday between 2 and 8, make that a move. And that's free 99. So you slide right up in there, get you a drink, have a good time, catch a vibe, yo. The block is hot, though. I hope it's going to be one of those hot-ass days. But, I mean, I think hopefully we're in a good pattern where it's hot, but it's not ridiculous because yo it's been stupid out here but right now we kind of in float you know what i'm saying we floating with some good weather so i pray that that keeps up for the block is hot part two actually because they had it last maybe two weeks ago down at the parking lot which has been turned into a dope work of art by uh dc's art collective called the no kings collective and it says work it on the wall and i think it says like girl on the floor but it's popping either way it's pink and blue it's you know it's a very visually appealing space and they having parties out there man my man jerome baker the third rock creek social club uh i'm not sure who else is on decks i'm, I'm gonna think domo might be on deck man it's everybody is going to be in that thing because that's going to be a, a really good look and that's on saturday from you know i think like Two, two or three to nine. Like, it's going to go until past sun now. So, you know, it might be out there until 9, 10, 11. It's going to be a good look. If you're on 14th Street again, if you uptown, if you in D.C., slide past that, yo. That's definitely something that you want to do this weekend. So, gave you a couple of moves for the weekend. You know, we got plenty more. I'm going to really make it a point to put those in those email blasts, 
put those in these Instagram posts and so on and so forth that we got for y'all. And we just appreciate, man, y'all paying attention and listening. Because a lot of people tell me, yo, if it wasn't for Black Broadway, I wouldn't even know what the fuck was popping this weekend. So I really appreciate y'all for, like, you know, taking heed. I wouldn't send you to a whack party. So fuck with me, yo. Trust me. Black Broadway, we got it rocking for y'all, man. I don't know. So... Yeah, that was pretty much the events. That's pretty much the turn up for the week. And then, you know, there's there's always more. But, you know, it'll pop up on you. You'll see it on Friday or Saturday and you'll be like, oh, shit, this is going down too? So, you know, pay attention. Keep your ears glued. Keep your ears glued and your eyes open. You know what I mean? So, the news. This week has been just ridiculous news week. It's, it's funny too because... A lot of shit happened. Like, it's, it just ran the gamut. It was just emotional. It was high highs and it was low lows. You know what I'm saying? So we got to touch on them all. We're going to start off with, you know, a feel-good moment for the folks, for real. And I want a little bit of money off of this, man. OJ is out. Sign the juice is loose, man. They finally let Orenthal James Simpson out of jail, man, in Nevada. Well, he's not out yet, technically. He's just been granted parole, and they say it could start as early as October. So, you know, maybe in October the Juice might really be back out here on the streets. They said he made 600 stacks while he was in jail off his NFL pension and a few other investments that he had, so maybe OJ will be able to come home and stay the fuck out of trouble, because that's all we want to do, OJ. We want to see you win. I don't know if you killed whoever they say you killed, but we know you did get out on them peoples one time. And we appreciate that, because not a lot of us get to do that. So don't hit us with the you not black. You OJ. So you OJ, but you black too, fam. And we fuck with you. We pull it for you. We appreciate the fact that, you know, you came into the parole board meeting even talking spicy. You was giving them people what they asked for. And you still got out. That's love, yo. For real. I'm proud of you, OJ. So, man, the juice is loose. That's dope shit, man. Oh, man, we lost one of the funnier motherfuckers to surface up in pop culture recently on the on the serious side. This nigga, he's not supposed to be a clown, but he was a whole clown. The White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, is now the former White House press secretary, Sean Spicer. Spicy out, yo. That man is officially out the door. He couldn't take lying to us every day on a constant basis, you know, I'm just, you know, six months of that is enough. That'll, that'll take it up out of you, man. Spice Man had to get the fuck up out of there. And then they hired somebody who was even more of a douchebag than him. Some dude named Steve Scarmucci or something. I don't even know this asshole's name. And it's really not important. He's a bigger asshole than Spicer and Trump kind of put together. And before he got this job, he was aggressively trolling Trump. You know what I'm saying? This is crazy how he's actually hiring people who were aggressively and vehemently against him just to get them on the team. Buying up all the motherfucking, all the haters basically, you know? It's one of those strategies that rich people use. If you can't beat them, buy them. So that's where Trump's at right now. Give him a job. Give him some position. You know what I'm saying? So this guy's here. And, you know, we can just prepare for more of the same. More of getting lied to. More of getting stories spun and ridiculous ass directions around us like we not fucking paying attention you know just par for the course so you know what I'm saying strap your boots up and just get ready for the bullshit cause it is definitely coming yo that shit is ridiculous oh man your boy 45 has definitely been having a incredible week of being a piece of shit like I mean even for him 
this is pretty remarkable week of being like a shitty person. Like I'm like, damn, bro. Like how much more asshole shit can you do in one week? We'll see. It's not over yet. But so far, this motherfucker really, really rallied up the votes, and and this isn't even directly him. This is indirectly him, but. Congress decided that they were going to actually go ahead and move forward with their little repeal and replace program. And you know what I'm saying? A lot of it was a very difficult decision because the plan and the the program that they have in place right now, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's it's no way in shape or form better than Obamacare, as they call the American Care Act. But it's just ridiculous. It's almost cruel. All it is is a tax cut for super rich people. And meanwhile, the people who actually have to pay for health insurance, their prices are going to go up. The people who got insurance, who were barely able to make those lower payments that the Affordable Care Act made them, 15 million of them, it's going to fall straight off the rolls. So we're going right back to having no insurance. You motherfuckers better not get hurt, yo. You know what I'm saying? Because shit is about to get real. If I was you, I would stop skateboarding and all that shit unless I had real life health insurance because motherfuckers is really about to get hurt out here. Like, this is what they think they're going to move forward with. And they don't even have a plan in place to replace it. John McCain, who is a U.S. senator whose health care is literally paid for by us, got off his fucking deathbed, got on a plane, came all the way over here with brain cancer to vote yes to move forward with repeal and replace. Like, what an asshole. And then he got on the stage and he gave like a real big impassioned speech, but as a guy who used to work in the Senate, I know those aren't worth shit. Nobody really is paying attention to that except for a television audience. The senators and the, all the policy people, they in the back room trying to accomplish their own little selfish goals. So it's never really a thing that like you should believe politicians when they're standing on the Senate floor, especially spilling their guts. That shit is all trash. So, and, then, and like I said, for all of that talk, you still voted yes. So, here we are, like again, just Trump being at 45, excuse me, you know I don't use that asshole name, but he's being an extreme piece of shit and trying to move forward with a trash agenda. He also got in front of the Boy Scouts of America organization that he's not even a member of like most presidents, you know what I'm saying? Barack Obama was a whole Eagle Scout. This guy's not even a member of the fucking Boy Scouts. He comes out here and literally gives all damn Hitler youth moment, like America first and getting these young boys hyped up and booing Obama and just, just being a real disgrace in front of the youth, in front of the young men of the future who you know, I was in the Boy Scouts for like 45 minutes, you know what I'm saying? I was out there, I had a I had a little neckerchief and shit, and then I was like, eh, you know, maybe not, you know what I'm saying? But all these young dudes who's in the Boy Scouts, man, they take that shit seriously, man. It's a real thing for them, and they like gotta be used as propaganda for this dude's fuckery. It's just, it's just inappropriate, yo. If you ever get a chance to look that up, take a look at that speech and just, that's how you don't act in front of young and impressionable people, man. That shit is trash. This guy's going back and forth with his attorney general. He's trying to fire this man, but not really fire him. He's just going to shit on him until he quits. The attorney general, Jeff Sessions, who is definitely a piece of shit himself. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, uh, yeah, whatever, bro. I'm not retiring. I'm not resigning. Fuck you. Woop-de-woop. 
a lot of me thinks that this could be a, just a whole fake made up feud because they really on the same side of these issues and they really have the same agenda. It's just the fact that, you know, 45 is crazy, yo. This dude is fucking retarded. And I think that everybody is slowly and slowly starting to realize that this guy is actually mentally challenged. Like, for real. Like, there's, there's no other way to put it. I don't know if he got dementia, if he's just always been ridiculous. He might have been. Because, you know, you have a lot of money, you can cover that up for a long time. But here we are with a whole mentally challenged person right in the, in the White House, yo. It's, it's scary times, man. He arguing with the Attorney General. Who really, all he wants to do is just lock more black people up. And he's like, yo, why you getting in my way, bro? Why you fucking with me? <laughs> Let me get about the business of getting about the business of doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I see the agenda moving forward regardless of what's happening, yo. It's ridiculous, man. Shit is wild, yo. Oh, and oh, the last thing that he did was, yeah, definitely took everybody for a loop. And that happened today. He just woke up and via tweet was like, yeah. All transgender, transsexual people is banned from the U.S. military, period. And I'm sitting here thinking like, yo, it ain't no draft in place. And nobody is rushing to go over to, you know, Afghanistan or anywhere else like that and get their limbs blown off like a lot of dudes have had happen to them. So I don't know why you out here trying to exclude motherfuckers. You need to be including all the fucking people you could possibly include. You know what I'm saying? But hey. He wants to say, yeah, you know, we're, we're spending too much money. When in the truth, that's less than one thousandth of a percent of the Defense Department's health budget. Not even to mention the whole Department of Defense budget, which is trillions of dollars. We're talking about less than $50 million that is spent in whatever they say transgender services are, whatever. And hey, I mean... I'm no LGBT advocate or, you know, like, spokesperson, but I do believe people should be allowed to live their life. And if a part of them living their life is wanting to go out here and serve their country in whatever capacity they can, militarily or whatever, you can, who are you to stop them, man? Like, it's just trash-ass trash ass activities from trash-ass politicians. What else is new, though? You know what I'm saying? That's all that's, like, that's all that we can really expect from that dude at this point, you know? He's been the president for six months, and it feels like we would talk about this dude for half our lives, yo. I left this guy alone for the last few weeks. I was like, get him out of here. We don't care about him. But every now and again, not even every now and again, most times you wake up, you realize that, like, yo, this is affecting not only the way you digest and absorb news and information, but just the way that people feel and the way people act out here in the country, man, it's getting ugly, man. The way people are dealing with one another, the way politicians deal with one another, it's just turning into some hooligan shit. And, you know, here we are. Like, this could really be our future. This could really be where the United States of America ends up with just aggressive political violence and discourse. Hey, ask, ask Jamaicans about it. It's a real thing. Big up to Jamaica, too, man. Jamaica made it to the damn U.S. Uh, CONCACAF Cup final against the U.S. men's soccer team. Excuse me. This is the CONCACAF for all of the North American and South American and Caribbean nations, man. Jamaica made it all the way to the final this year. And I think they lost to the U.S. men's team. So, you know, shout-outs to the U.S. men's soccer team. You know what I'm saying? I know they put up a good fight. Jamaica was in there, though. 
Shout out to Jamaica, man. Everybody out there, reggae boys, man. They was doing their thing, man. It's been a wild week. So outside of 45 being an asshole, it's kind of been a, a, a tragic week of like loss, man. We lost some big people this week, man. I got to I gotta take a moment to shout all those folks out, man, on some real shit. First dude I got to touch on, I got to talk about, man, R.I.P. Chester Bennington, man. If you don't know who that is, he's the lead singer of a very influential and fuck that, fuck platinum. Them boys went diamond, diamond selling band, Linkin Park. Yo, they was crazy. I mean, you can't front on Linkin Park. As much as you might want to front on Linkin Park, you can't front on Linkin Park, yo. They sold 10 million records. You probably had one of them, yo. That damn Jay-Z, Linkin Park mashup, that encore, numb, like, that's classic. That's super influential. That set off a whole era of rap and rock collabs. That was kind of like the blueprint. And, you know, they band was a, a rap-rock collab. You know what I'm saying? They really... They were probably one of the best groups to do it. Like, I'm not a fucking Limp Biscuit guy at all. Fuck those guys. I don't know who else was. You know, Incubus was cool, but they wasn't really rapping. You know what I'm saying? They had the DJ, though. And it was like a whole era of, like, guys that was pushing the boundaries of rock music. And Chester Bennington was one of those. He was the vocalist. He wasn't the rapper. He was, like, the singer. He had a very distinct voice and just had a very distinct vibe, man. I know if you ain't... If you haven't ever gotten into it, take a set and look back and get into your Linkin Park catalog. You know, just pull them up on iTunes or Tidal. Pull them up on Tidal one time and you'll be like, oh shit, this is, this is kind of dope. In the end, that's my best Linkin Park song. You know what I'm saying? But R.I.P. Chester Bennington, man, died of uh, suicide, man. Took his own life, man. It's a lot of musicians and a lot of artists out here, man, taking their lives. So, you know, it's a lot of people taking their lives, period. So, you know, check on your loved ones, man. Check on your peoples and make sure they're not at that breaking point, man, because it's a tragic thing to see and, and nobody really sees it coming. They just are left to pick up the pieces and deal with the aftermath. So if you can see that coming or if you see somebody that's struggling, reach out, man, and fuck with those people, man, and, and try to help those people and try to bring them a little closer, pull them back from the edge, you know what I mean? Yo, we lost another bonafide legend, especially for peoples in D.C., man. R.I.P. the King, Jim Vance, man. This man been on TV my entire life. This dude been on News Channel 4 as an anchor my whole life with the hoop earring in, with the beard, with the, you know, just with the style, with the Cartier frames on. Jim Vance was that guy. Like, if you ever wanted to be in broadcasting or especially in, like, television media... Jim Vance was more or less the blueprint, man. He's a guy who was super polished, great poise. Every time he stepped up to the mic, he was coming to give you information. He had style, you know what I'm saying? He had a whole entire just air about him that made you feel like, yo, this is a cool dude. You know what I mean? He was, And he presided over DC News at a time when DC News was nothing nice. I'm talking about, man, Jim Vance has announced millions of bodies i don't know you know what i'm saying millions of raids and just craziness and he also gave us a lot of hope and has had millions of great stories and you know what i'm saying have had tons of conversations with the most important people to come in and through this area man great guy he died at 75 man 
I'm glad he lived long enough to see him go himself go up on that Ben Chili Bowl mural. That was lit. Like just to be walking through the alley. Big ups to Ania Khan and everybody involved in putting that mural in the alley because there's some real legends on that. And Jim Vance is definitely one of them. And I'm glad he was there on the day that they unveiled it to even see that. Just to, you know, get his roses while he could still smell them, man. We missed that guy, man, for real, yo. It was, uh, what else is my last story? Oh, man, my last story that I got to touch on. And then we're going to get out of here. We're going to give you all a couple of significant things that cracked off over this week in the past years. And, you know, we're going to ride it on out into the second half. Because, like I said, I got Sunday night shows to talk about. And I'm getting my shit off tonight. But before I do that, this Minnesota police shooting, yo, is wild. And it's not wild because the police shot somebody. Because, you know, if you're black in America, that's kind of what you understand that the police do. They, they shoot motherfuckers. But this has a weird twist to it. A Somali Muslim American police officer shot, according to the news coverage, this is how they're covering it, a blonde yoga instructor. And everybody's losing their shit. People are getting fired. People are resigning. Like, people are up in arms. I ain't heard shit from Blue Lives Matter to come up to this man's defense. Everybody's like, yo, what the fuck? These police are out of control. Yo, really? Tell us more. Tell us more. And turn around to find out as we get all this coverage, as the story slowly starts to come in, like, you know, of course, blonde yoga instructor, she's on vacation, blah, 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 blah. Oh, but we ain't mentioned until today that she actually slapped the whole police car, and I believe she probably did it with a car, with a vehicle, before he shot her. So, you know, in the words of many Blue Lives Matter activists, she was no angel. So let's not front. Let's not bullshit. And it's just disgusting to see the different tone of coverage because it kind of lets you know how necessary that whole Black Lives Matter slogan and movement is. Because when a black kid dies or anybody dies at the hands of the police of color, that shit don't matter. They don't care. It's just another day. It's just another police killing. It's only recently that we started to get any kind of publicity for those. And that's only because people started filming them. Outside of that, you wouldn't know. Police kill motherfuckers every day. I don't know exactly the number, but there have been, I would gather to say, over 100 police killings this year. We've only heard about a handful. So... Don't get it twisted. The police are out here wilding, and I hate to see anybody, black, white, brown, whatever, lose their lives at the hands of someone who's sworn to protect and serve. So that's whack. But, yo, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining with this coverage. You know what I'm saying? Don't tell me that you're covering this or handling this in the same way you would a Tamir Rice or, you know, uh, a Eric Garner or Alton Sterling. You know what I'm saying? Not the same thing, man. This is trash, yo. Y'all got to stay awake, stay aware, and don't let the people pull the wool over your eyes. Hold police accountable, but also hold the media and hold the people that's bringing you these messages accountable too because they have a part to play in the way that we perceive and act on all of this shit. So it's really important, you know what I'm saying? This is real shit. So like I said, a couple of little things, man. Some exciting shit for me. You know, I always like to do this little history. I like to have a little historical bit on the show, man. So now I usually comes in and chimes in with it. 
But like this week, I just had to get it off, man. So this week, I swear, crazy week in music. Like so much shit. Like this is that time of the year where, you know, like a lot of classic material comes out. If you're a real good artist and you drop at this time of the year, you got a chance to really run out the rest of the summer and the rest of the year with some strong momentum, yo. And like, I tell you, before we even go with the albums that drop, I do have to say one more RIP, man. Amy Winehouse, yo. Amy Winehouse passed in 2011 this week, man. I still miss Amy Winehouse. One of my absolute favorites. I couldn't imagine not being able to hear Amy Winehouse or not having the privilege of enjoying her voice, man. Like, that shit was important. Amy Winehouse was the shit. R.I.P. Amy Winehouse. We still jamming with you. You know what I'm saying? But music was crazy. Thug Motivation 101 came out this week in 2005, and that was literally the beginning to me of, like, the South dominating rap. Like, when Jeezy came out with Thug Motivation, you know, he already had Trap and Die. He was already buzzing. Him, Gucci Mane, you know, T.I. I got to give props to the original, you know, dudes from the South Side, like, who really was able to kind of, like, cross over and had big hits. But when when Jeezy came out, when Thug Motivation 101 came out, bottom of the map, do it for my hood, what? And then what? Come on, bro. Like it was it was a rap. Like literally, it was it was Snowman from that point on, man. He ran for he ran the next five years for real, if we being honest. Jeezy ran until like at least 2010 wins. You know what I'm saying? He's still out here doing his thing, man. Shout out Jeezy, man. Shout out to Thug Motivation 101. That shit was a pivotal moment, yo. Pharrell came out with In My Mind in 06, the year after that. Pharrell's first solo album after doing mad work with the Neptunes, after being that guy, you know, who was in the videos or on the hook or whatever. Pharrell came out to show niggas he had bars. Like, I mean, if you listen to the first, how does it feel is a problem, dog. Pharrell spit all over that joint. That, that's a joint right there. That whole album. Do your research, kids. Get back into that. Pharrell, in my mind, came out in 06, man. Oh, the how can we forget the, the whole Schmurder gang, the whole GS9 had us in the zone three years ago when they came out with two hood classics, undeniable, real shit. Hot Nigga and Computers. Both came out in 2014, three years ago this week, yo. Man, I, I swear, I think I threw my hat up in 2014. It still ain't come back down. That's exactly how fucking pivotal Hot Nigga was. That's how serious the whole G9 shit was. And whenever, you know, you hear computers, usually there's going to be some violence. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers, is going to really get wild. So get into that shit too, man. You got to turn computers all the way up when you ride down the block. Turn Hot Nigga all the way up when you ride down the block. Hey, man, tell them brothers, hold their head, man, on the island or wherever they at, whatever institution they got them at, man. Hopefully they can come home and really, like, get back on the scene and do their shit, man. Because, you know, GS9 was actually kind of bubbling. Oh, take it back all the way to 97, though. Motherfucking Mo Money, Mo Problems came out. The video came out this week in 97, yo. I'll never forget that shit. Diddy on the fucking golf course. He's Puffy Woods. <laughs> Biggie had just passed, man. That was a tough time, man. But, yo, that song helped us get through it. And that song really has lived on 
just forever as a as a classic. You know what I'm saying? And that video is definitely one of the best videos ever. It's the beginning of the whole Shady Sue era. Real shit. You can't deny that shit. So, you know, more money, more problems, man. You know what I'm saying? Throw your rollies in the sky. That's how we doing it, y'all. 93 Poetic Justice came out, too. That was crazy. That's a super hood classic. I heard Jamel Hill today call that shit a trash classic movie. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that, man. Poetic Justice had moments. I got to go back and rewatch, you know. We'll see. Shout out to John Singleton, you know, Tupac, Janet Jackson. Poetic Justice, man. Good joint. We got some birthdays. We got George Clan. We got J-Lo. We got Barry Bonds. And we got Robert Williams, R.I.P., man. So on the flip side of this shit right here, yo, we coming with these Sunday shows. Me and Z, we been in the house all day. What we been doing, baby? We watching Power. <laughs> all caught up with motherfucking James St. Patrick and Proctor. And you know I got to check in with my peoples over in Westeros. And we going to talk about that a little bit. Lawrence and Issa is back up to the fuckery. It's crazy, yo. Second half of Black Broadway podcast, we're gonna get into it all. And we're gonna holler. Peace. Squat. Huh? Huh? Police computers. Holla, you want that hot shit? Shut up, my 100 clock niggas, man. My 50 clock niggas. Yo, Spade, what up, Crowdy? All these computers, all these social networks, and these computers got these niggas walking around like they some shooters. See them in real life, they're trying to bust maneuvers. Like pussy talk that same shit from your computer. Just pick the cash up, they had them one medulla. Call up my broski genie, like call up your jeweler. I just spent some cash on a piggy ring. Just made some brand new shmoney, what the fuck you think? And bitch, I'm heading to your city. Just a cop of all them city. Me and JJ went for 50. Fill up the gas tank, it was empty. We heading out the filler. Smoking frontal, bitch, no filler. I got racks all in my billy. Shout out to Slice, that's the billy. For cooking shakes, I'm getting trippin'. Right to the other side with my guys and get busy. I'm shooting up the streets, not the gym. I'm shooting at these suckers, not the rim. Tupac above the rim. Put two shots in his chin. Ran down, he jumped the fence. I'm ran down in my tents. I'm sort of pussy through the tents. That extends. Put two shots in his friends. For cooking shiesty, I go win. For shiesty, I go win. And free my dogs out the pen. They shoot shit, Jeremy Lamb. Oh, P that boy French. He's still in Vegas with my friends. Buying off that bar, still going in. And I got caught on the fair. Tell a DA suck a dick not coming in. Gingerbread bitch. On the road heading to that bread bitch. Brand new shmoney. Bitch, I just got some brand new shmoney. So you wanna talk shit? 
Head on your mouth. You wanna see my black ass right in front your house? With some smurders in the flag wrapped around my mouth. I ain't come to talk, I came to bang it out. Just call them bangs up, they back and ball, don't shoot them. Don't shoot them. The ones he it's like I got a Google. Second half Black Broadway podcast, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, man, this is going to be a good one, real quick one, because you know I got some takes right now, man. I had to, I had to spend some time in some research and development modes, and I had to really watch the shit out of everything that's coming on on Sunday nights, which is my official favorite night of programming. Like, I mean, a lot of us, you know, a lot of younger people, should I say, you know. Y'all from like the on-demand generation where basically everything is just on-demand. You watch whatever you want, when you want. And I'm with that shit too. But like, I still enjoy having to wait till Sunday night to like get caught up on my, you know, my favorite show. I still like binge watch a few things, but like, I like shit that can keep me engaged week in, week out. Keep me popping, you know what I'm saying? So... This kind of this show, this second half right here is more or less dedicated to those shows, to those programs, the ones that at least got my attention right now. I guess we could call it like an insecure power Game of Thrones, you know what I'm saying, kind of thing. Like it's those three shows they got my attention right now, man. I gotta start. I guess we'll start with the hottest of the hot takes. Fuck it. We're going to start with Insecure. Yo, Insecure got y'all tight this week. Motherfuckers is mad, yo. Like, bras is mad because 
She said Lawrence came through and gave Issa the weak dick. And he was smashing off Tasha. I mean, fellas, I don't think we was that bad. I think we feel like we got a little bit of a win this week. Like, yeah, it's like, fuck that man. But you know the other shoe is definitely going to drop. Because you know how this thing plays out in real life, for real. If you lived a little bit of real life, you know better. You know... You can do all that fucking and be like, you know, yeah, I ain't fucking with my girl, man. Fuck that. You know, I'm over my homie house. I'm chilling. I ain't worried about shit. But, you know, nigga going to cry in the car, man. You know what I'm saying? You had those moments where you just got kind of like, you, you go back and you kind of like wish that it was different. And I think that, like, in the closing scene, like, everybody was all, like, mad at Lawrence because they think he, like, hate fucked her or something like that. I'm actually gonna say he did the opposite. Like, that was like, you know, there's somebody who you loved, who you lived with, who you did a lot of shit with. Y'all have a lot of history. And it's like, you know, that passion to take over and it'll just have you in that moment. But within that, I think his mind is also so far gone from that place where they was, where he could even see himself spending a the night there or talking to her on the real side of things because so much had happened and he just he just had to bounce and sometimes it's hard like that you know what I mean like he probably shouldn't have done that but hey it take two to tango so she was definitely right there with it and she probably shouldn't have done that she probably shouldn't have done a lot of shit but at the end of the day things happen the way they happen and it just worked out that way for those two I don't know what's going to happen in the rest of this season, but I think it's going to be bad interesting. Like, and I know as much as ladies was mad at how that whole episode played out, I'm sure in the episodes to come, there's going to be a lot more shit where you're like, yeah, that's right, girl, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Because, like, you know, Issa's like, she might have been, she, she might be learning some real hard lessons through this whole entire relationship trajectory right here. You know what I'm saying? Because when shit gets real, it just gets real. That's all that you can really say. Like, you don't really have an explanation for it. You can't bring it back to what it used to be. All you can do is kind of hope that you can move forward and move on. And any little back and forth, a lot of times, all that shit just results in is people being hurt and feelings getting hurt. A lot of women is speaking up for Tasha, though, because they feel like Tasha is in a fucked up situation because she going to catch feelings for, for Lawrence and he don't really want to fuck with her or be with her like that. I mean, that's kind of obvious, but still, he fucks with her, but he just, you know, that's not, that's not his joint. And there's no way in the world that could be his girl like that after so soon after what him and Issa went through, so... The way that's going to play out and that whole dynamic is going to be very, very interesting in the weeks to come. So, yo, stay tuned. And that's like, Insecure, I don't even normally get into like the relationship-y kind of shows. But, yo, that, that joy has my attention because it's painfully relatable. Like, oh, my God, I done been through that shit before. Like, everybody done been through some shit that's similar to that before. Like, you done had those moments and he just like, yo, this is... I can't believe this is my life right now. So Insecure is like a a super painful and graphic flashback to all of that. If you ever been through it, it's nuts, yo. So big shout outs to Issa Rado for getting that done. And shout out to HBO for like 
putting money behind this show like that with all types of people of colors represented, man. The bloods came through and was wilding out. My nigga said he had to get the Bluetooth connected out here. So, yo, that was like the highlight of the shit. Well, we came through the party and, and B walked all over the carpet and connected the Bluetooth so that we could get it bracken. That shit was fucking hilarious, yo. That was the best part. And we out here in the red room, too. B's up one time. Hey. <laughs> yo, that shit was nuts, man. HBO, again, winning on the original programming side. And all this shit that they got coming up, too, is looking wild, yo. Like, I saw the Westworld uh, trailer. I don't know if anybody out there ever watched Westworld, but Westworld was my shit. And that's coming back, I think, in 2018. So, yeah, they're going to take their time with that. But if you look at the trailer, if you go to HBO Go or whatever, look at that trailer and then really go back and, and watch season one. Watch it again, re-watch it again and again and again because there's so many. Every time I watch it, I pick up more little pieces and it just made me more excited for that next season because it's going to be crazy. So they go on, HBO keeps a lock on my Sunday nights, man. The thing that's had my, my Sunday nights in a headlock for like the last five years or so has definitely been Game of Thrones, yo. I We are in season seven, y'all. Like it's almost fucking over. Like we got like, I think we got like 10 episodes or 11 episodes left or something like that of the whole series. So we coming on down to it. And shit is like in turbo mode too. Cause like, you know, if you're a fan of the show, it's one of those things like it took a long time to develop characters and to go to all of these different places on the map and you know, just to know who's who and what's what in the grand scheme of the Game of Thrones. But now we have arrived at like season seven, as they always say, winter is here. Winter ain't coming no more. Winter is here. And shit is serious, yo. Every week right now, we in go mode. This week was no different. Fucking Arya out here just doing Arya things again. You know what I'm saying? She linked up with the dire wolf. That was crazy. I was like, damn, yo. Arya out here with her with her dire wolf. But as, as much as I wanted her to, you know, be able to convince the wolf to come back with her and all of that. We all knew that that shit wasn't going to happen. You know, she, her wolf is wild and crazy just like her. So, like, we'll see how that whole entire thing plays out, man. Uh, what else happened that was crazy? Oh, my God. Homie cutting off the grayscale, cutting off my man's whole surface layer of skin. And who knew Jorah was really, man, like, there and was really trying to, you know, get a cure he he took Khaleesi's order seriously he was like yo you told me go get the cure I'm trying to get the cure it's just not working out we gonna see how it go because Sam is definitely violating all the the laws and the rules of the Citadel but he's doing it for the right reasons so it's all really official I like the way it's all happening out there the shit with the Greyjoys though like we gotta talk about that that ending scene when they pulled up on him with that boat and Theon bitch ass jumped over the fucking uh, side of the deck again. Because he's pussy. Theon been pussy from day one though. And nobody really wants to deal with that. It was never a moment where Theon Greyjoy was lit. Even when he in the, in the beginning, if you remember like first season when he was talking shit to the imp and all of that. Like just unnecessarily a hoe. So he's Everything he's done up until this point, it, I don't know why we're still surprised that he does whole shit. 
and he rolled smooth out on his sister. Their uncle is a psychopath. I love it. But it was good to see him put that work in, too, because he talks a lot of shit. But actually, this week, we saw him swing that axe. We saw him murder quite a few people. Got the sand snakes up out of there. It was, it was a respectable showing by Euron Greyjoy. Euron Greyjoy. I got, I got to say, I respect it, yo. And if all of this just sounds like fucking babble to you, if you've never watched Game of Thrones and you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, it sounds like some, some foreign language, you need to read this article that was written on TheRoot.com. And it's, it's basically like explains Game of Thrones to black people, especially black people who don't really watch it. Like, all my friends, man, we hip. We know what time it is. But it's a lot of motherfuckers in the world that's like, you know, they're not really in tune with Thrones. They feel like they can't watch it. They feel like it's dragons and magic and ah, ah, ah. No, it's not really that. It's really a fucking metaphor for, like, society. And the way this dude breaks it down in this article is actually genius, yo. It's super entertaining. It's actually super understandable and super relatable. I was able to get Z interested. Someone make her sit through a couple of episodes of Game of Thrones. It's going to be popping, yo. You know what I'm saying? She has to do it anyway because we have to do this for production purposes. You know what I'm saying? I might have to just drop a whole Game of Thrones podcast on that ass because we need that. The culture needs it. We need to talk about who's a bitch-ass nigga, who's a real nigga, you know what I'm saying? Who's out here fried, who's keeping it a thousand, you know what I'm saying? The bitch-ass police, Cersei Lannister and her whole foolishness. Baelish, I mean, it's, all of this is just like real life. It's just like the streets. It's just as as real as the wire. It's only that it's dealing in like a, a, a land far away and a time far, far long ago. You know what I'm saying? It's really not no different, though, than what goes on in the streets or what goes on in politics or what goes on in business. It's all the same concept, so... Game of Thrones has definitely been stepping their game up. And like I said, yo, we're almost to the end. So it's like, it hurts. Because I think only in this particular cycle of the last season, they're only going to do like six episodes or seven. And then they're going to come back at a later date, maybe later this year or maybe early next year with the last five. And I'm just like, oh, man, they got me on, my, on the seat, the edge of my seat. Every week, yo. Like I said, I enjoy having to wait till Sunday, 9 o'clock. I'm shutting everything down. I'm opening up my MacBook, and I'm watching Game of Thrones. I might even throw it on the big screen sometimes if I feel like it. But I'm usually like a sit in my bed, watch my Game of Thrones all close and personal. You know what I'm saying? I, have a, I gotta have a moment with the Thrones, yo. You know what I'm saying? But... It's going to be a great season. They're not fucking around. Every episode's better than the last. I'm just glad that, you know, I've been invested in all this time. And it's paying off, motherfuckers. It's paying off. I love it. I love it. I love it. One thing that I hadn't been invested in, though, one show, the, the last show that we're going to really touch on, I hadn't been invested in. But, yo, I took my time today to really watch, like, the whole recent season of Power. You know what I'm saying? My girl Z, she's a, she's a super fan, so she's able to tell me all the drama and excruciating details. She's talking about these motherfuckers like they're friends. And I'm like, yo, that bitch did what? 
oh my god, nah, stop it. <laughs> Yo, that shit was real though. Like, once he got me caught up with, you know, a little bit of the drums, and then I watched like the, the trailers for the seasons and seen where it happened. Okay, I was ready. I was ready to seriously approach season five. So we or is it season four or five? It's four, right? Season four. Yes, yeah, season four of power. So sat down and I'm really like, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm like, oh shit, ghost locked up. Yo, Proctor, my boy Jerry Ferreira, man, he was out there doing this thing, man. I, I appreciate that, them keeping that man in a fresh pair of J's too. He's looking official out there. You know, he's a good lawyer. He's a good shoe game. Good guy. You know what I'm saying? Trust, trustworthy guy. You got to rock with him, man. But yo, Ghost was in some shit, man. And they was, that was a whole total frame up. Like they totally frame this man like shit. I don't even know why. I don't quite know why I got to get caught up on that aspect of it. But I know that shit was some bullshit and that shit fell apart like motherfucking nothing, yo. Like I always see, like I'm on Twitter a lot and I always see people tweeting like about the spoilers because, you know, I guess certain people watch it on Saturday nights or because it dropped at like midnight or whatever. I don't know. I'll get around to I get around to caring that much about it. But either way, I'm going to watch the damn show because now I'm invested. And I think that that shit is great. Like, I really think Power is actually a great uh, example of like black people being able to create something. Like, big shout outs to 50 Cent for like being in charge of his own narrative right there. You know what I'm saying? Motherfucking Francis Ford Coppola made The Godfather. Why 50 can't make uh, power? You know what I'm saying? And that is like, it's really important to like set it up so that like all the people that are matter in this thing, all the principles are like people of color and like all the, like the, the fashion is fly. Everybody looks great on power. Like everybody's dressed right and everybody haircuts is good and all of that shit. Like I really think that they did just a bang up job on that damn show, yo. And like, hey man, all the actors are really getting their chance to really do their thing. Like Omari Hardwick is doing his thing as Ghost. And Tori Dye, she is doing her fucking thing as Tasha. You know what I'm saying? Even Lala is getting off out there. I don't even I don't understand Lala on this show though, yo. She's kinda like a hater. She always has that role. Is she always a hater, yes. <laughs> Just the hating ass joint, like, and now she caught up with Tommy, and I, you know, that's that's not gonna end well, cause I guess Tommy's like a legit psychopath, huh? Like, I, you know, I see Ghost, so Ghost is like the under control party here. Ghost is under control. Tommy's the loose cannon. Oh, okay, see, cause like, you would think to a certain extent that Ghost is the loose cannon. I mean, I've seen a couple episodes before I watched this whole season, and. Hey, I see him go shoot some motherfuckers in the face. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't shit. But like, and Tommy seems to be like the guy who is like just moving that shit, getting their business done. You know what I'm saying? But Tommy's out here doing all type of psycho shit this season. He ran over niggas in their whole little Honda Civics. He wild out, stabbed motherfuckers with kitchen cutlery. Yo, Tommy is out here wildin', man. I don't know what's going on, but the fans on his ass, too. So, we gonna see, man. Power is definitely, like, managed to pique my interest and managed to keep me entertained. I didn't even... I didn't think I was gonna be that entertained by Power. Because, you know, I was like, oh, this is some old fake gangster shit. I don't wanna see this shit. But, nah, I think it's actually super well done. 
I'm not even mad at the, I'm not even as mad as the, at the little youngin as everybody is. Like Tariq, man, I'm I'm not mad at Tariq, man. He he a little rich kid. He ain't never been around nothing. He's not tough like his dad, and he's being manipulated by a fat fifty cent, yo. What the fuck is going on with fat fifty, yo? Fat face fifty is kind of weird for me. I don't know, you know. Maybe it's because I haven't been watching Power and seen fifty like look like this a lot, like, I'm used to, like, you know, get rich or die trying 50. I'm like, who the fuck is this nigga? But he is an asshole. He could, I, could, I know that much. He is a manipulative asshole. And I can't blame Shorty for being susceptible to that. You know, he think it's cool. He try to get money and woo woo blah, be cool, be a cool teenager. He got some little box now. He really out here rolling. So, you know, he can't tell Shorty shit. I just hope on the next episode, I hope ghosts get home and be able to rope Youngin in and, you know, rope a whole lot of shit in because he's got some issues. He didn't def- he definitely ain't walking away from this whole jail stint without his share of issues and troubles. So, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be interesting to see how this whole shit plays out, man. That's another... They added another show to my roster on Sundays. So now... I'm all the way locked in. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be fun, though. Like, we're going to see how all these shows play out at the end. We definitely got to have, like, more of a panel, like, more of a round table so everybody can yell and scream at each other about <laughs> who fucked up on Power and who fucked up on Game of Thrones. I need the Game of Thrones crew. If you're about that Thrones life, holla at me, yo, for real. I need my Game of Thrones crew to be in here and represent because... Nobody can explain Thrones like niggas who watch Thrones. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody else can really get into it with you and and really feel where you're coming from and the emotion that you got tied up in all of these characters unless you watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, power is a little different. Power, I feel like, is more relatable. So it's like, you know, I know somebody like that. I know somebody who got a weave shop that's a whole drug front. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. You know what I'm saying? You've seen... Certain little private school kids whose dads might have been thorough, but they some suckers. You know what I'm saying? You know certain things just are real life shit. And like with Insecure, like I said, that's relationship shit. Hey, if you've ever had a relationship, or even worse, if you've ever had a relationship go bad, Lord, you know that Insecure is gospel. So all of these shows, they got their own different traits and characteristics and aspects and I'm just glad that, you know, we in a good zone right now for TV because sports is not doing shit for me right now, man. I don't even care about this fucking Mayweather and McGregor fight. I really don't give a shit about that, man. I think both of them are pieces of shit, really. But we'll see what happens, you know what I'm saying? I just need Floyd to mop homie up because he was talking real reckless around the African-American contingent and I just need, I need him to, his disrespect to be checked. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got check them. You know what I'm saying? Check them. <laughs> it's going to be one of those motherfucking months, man. We owe only another month till football, though. Football be back soon, y'all, and we can get it popping, man. So, hey, this has been a fun one, yo. I just had to carry this thing all the way out, man. Another week, another episode of Black Broadway Podcast is in the fucking books, yo. So remember, as always, yo, if you're not at the table, you're on the plate, yo. Sign up for our email list. Look out for us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And just be tuned in and turn it up, y'all. We're going to holler at you next
believe.